Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast. Before we get started, we want to offer our thanks to Purple Pain Forums for allowing us to post our podcast there. So if you're looking for an online forum for passionate Vikings fans, feel free to check out purplepainforums.com. We also want to give a shout out to Purple PTSD for giving us a chance to post our podcast there as well. So be sure to check out purplepptsd.com as well. And today, Kyle, we're recording, we're anticipating the draft. feels like that's really what's front and center on everyone's mind at this stage. Mm-hmm. Certainly, there's still activity that can happen around the free agency, still people that can be signed, but feels like it's pretty fair to say that most of the attention, if not 95% of it, is on the draft, which is, we're recording Friday afternoon, less than a week away. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, you know, you mentioned free agency and, uh, you know, obviously that's ongoing. And uh, after the draft, you'll definitely see a bit of a flurry of activity insofar as, you know, teams have had the chance to bring in young talent and maybe they didn't, you know, get the player who they thought was going to be available to them at whatever point to fill that need. And so therefore they circle back to the vets. And I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, the compensatory selections don't get impacted by free agency sign post-draft. And so where the Vikings right now are in line to get a couple extra sixth round picks next year, um, you know, they won't nullify that. I don't believe I'll have to hundred percent confirm that, but they won't nullify that by signing free agents post-drafts. And so you kind of protect some of your draft capital. So there is going to be a little bit of a free agency flurry. Um, I think it would be fair to say, and May 12th, if I'm not mistaken, is when the schedule gets announced. So that's kind of like your next kind of marquee thing that's going to create content and speculation. And we can kind of really dig into it and see, okay, how will the season potentially progress based off what we're seeing here? Um, but you, I think Sam is right in that, like, the draft is really the last major event. It's a major, humongous sporting event. Um, so it's pretty exciting. And, and we're going to, Sam, we're going to take advantage of that here today. We, we are. So we're, uh, we're heading over to trusty PFF here, mm-hmm. and we are going to do what many fans, I think, are doing on their own. I know I've been doing it, uh, selecting all these players that I know very much about. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just the names I'm figuring out. Um, yeah. And I think really, like, Kyle and I aren't going to fake anything not that we know a whole lot about specific players or what that looks like. But uh, I think something like PFF is nice because it gives us a little bit of a chance to uh, see where people that know way more than we do have projected where certain guys will fall. Uh, PFF's presented needs that each team has. Uh, They've certainly done a lot of work to create something that has a little bit of a random element. And so uh, I don't think anyone at PFF is going to try to put any guarantees on how this is going to go, but I think with some pretty good um, setup here and good feedback here, uh, they've created a really neat and fun mock draft simulator here that we're going to mm-hmm. actually do together. Kyle sharing a screen right now, and we're going to run through some neat ideas, both I think in terms of who to draft, but also we're going to fire up the trade machine here as well. 
Exactly. So, you know, first thing I'll say, so PFF is not paying us to be promoting a product like this, uh, but it is a great product. And if they do want to give us money to keep telling people it's a good product, Sam and I uh, would be happy to accept the money. So that's step one. Step two is, as Sam was saying, uh, we're going to do look to move around the board a little bit. We've just done two rounds here because, you know, neither Sam nor I are like grinding college film you know, trying to find a diamond in the rough, right? Like we've, the little bit of knowledge that we do have is based off of, you know, articles we've read and people who are more knowledgeable than he and I, right? And so, uh, but we know enough to kind of know a lot of the main names. And so we're going to run through two rounds and see what kind of talent we can pick up and uh, obviously the positions. And uh, the goal is going to be to both move down and move up. So once we get to 12 overall, we're going to see if there are any good trades. And ideally, we get, you know, some decent draft capital from moving down from 12. Uh, and then from there, I want to see, can we pry away that number 32 pick from the Detroit Lions using maybe some of that extra draft capital we picked up as a result of tra trading down from 12? Uh, Detroit's going to be hesitant to move this pick unless they get a really nice offer. Uh, and the reason why is that 32, quite often you can snag someone who's falling for some reason who's probably maybe many speculated would have gone higher, but for whatever reason, still there. And maybe more importantly for a lot of teams is that you get a player who you really like and you get them on that five-year deal. It's, it's a four-year deal plus one, right? So you get the four-year rookie contract and then there's a team option for the fifth year. Uh, and so that gives you, rather than four years of cost control, it gives you five years of cost control. And so you're seeing some teams now that have the, tough situation with some of their star players because they're getting into the fourth year of their rookie contract, uh, you know, and looking for that extension. Uh, that's going to come for every team at some point. It's just that when it's a first round pick, you've got one extra year before you maybe need to make a decision on a large deal or whatever the case may be. So that's why a lot of teams love that 32 slot, 31, 32. Uh, and so we're going to see if we can uh, pick up a couple first rounders and maybe even have uh, a second left over. And, and try and be greedy and see what we can do. Perfect. Mortgage the future. <laughs> amen to that. No, uh, I, so that's, I, I like that rationale because I know I've seen you float out, uh, particularly on Twitter, that idea that 32, like that 32nd overall pick. And like for, for myself, I wasn't completely aware of all the dynamics around that. And so like for you, there is actually, although it's only one draft position away, the difference between 33 and 32 actually does have some pretty interesting and, and helpful ram like ramifications to this. And like you, yep. you mentioned, like for a team to be successful, to have quality players on rookie deals yep. feels not, uh, probably not fair to say essential, but like very, very, very helpful for a team that is looking yep. to compete. You need to have players who outperform their deals. Right, you need to get value deals, and that's, I mean, Cooper Cup last year for the Rams didn't he make like less than six million? Wasn't this, you know? And then like you know, Whitworth was similarly. I think Jalen Ramsey was below ten. Like they had like a, a various players, and I know they weren't necessarily rookie deals, but you need to find value where you can get it, right? Um, and one way to do that is to hit on your first round picks, right? And the fifth year option ends up being quite expensive, right? Because it puts. Uh, if you pick up the fifth-year option, it puts that player amongst the top uh, salaries at their position. 
So it's not as uh, cost effective as the first four years, but it is still relatively cost effective, uh, all things considered. So that's the rationale. And Sam, if you're ready, uh, I'm going to fire up the draft here. Two rounds, PFF, kind of get like a moderate speed. and We'll see how things go. All right. So we're, and you're seeing my screen, Sam? See your screen, yep. Okay, so we're going to hop into the mock draft now. Two rounds, Vikings, obviously. That 12th pick is going to be the key one, but let's enter the draft. Let's click start, and we're moving. Aiden Hutchinson goes first. Gardner's gone second. That doesn't help us. And then Stingley's gone at five. So all of a sudden, now things are looking thin. And, uh, okay, now this is interesting now. So Kyle Hamilton ended up going 11th to Washington. Okay, so for Sam and I, what we're seeing here is George Karlaftis, edge rusher from Purdue. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's available at 12. Trent McDuffie, corner from Washington, he's available. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, some of the stud receivers. Linderbaum, excuse me, is, is obviously a center, and then Wilson and London are receivers. And so there's some legit talent here, and at least several players. Would you agree, Sam? At least several players who make a lot of sense. Carlaftis, McDuffie, Linderbaum, even Devontae Wyatt, these are all highly regarded players who would fill positions of need, who could all be a reasonable choice at number 12. Absolutely. I, th so I've done half a dozen, if not more, mock drafts with PFF. This is the first mock draft I've seen with Trent McDuffie available at 12. Which right. I know is there are some concerns. Everyone's going to have concerns about different players. And it seems like he, when you look at Stingley Jr., you look at Maude Gardner, he does feel like he's the th third of three there but mm -hmm. there is there is certainly a top three here at corner right. and corner has certainly been a position that i think most fans uh pff have all labeled as as positions of need yeah and i mean i i agree like I've, I've done several now in pff and i never see mcduffie and so i'm looking at the top 11 i'm seeing jameson williams went eighth which doesn't always happen and devin lloyd the linebacker from utah he went 10th and so those two being in the top 11 push down you know, obviously a couple of players and it doesn't always happen in these drafts. Um, and so I think that's how we got where we got. And we, there haven't even been any uh, quarterbacks chosen, which is interesting now because if a team wants a quarterback, uh, Minnesota looks pretty desirable, especially with the Houston Texans picking 13th. And so we actually have eight teams calling us here, Sam, uh, to get a deal from us all the way from the Philadelphia Eagles at 15 down to the Cleveland Browns at 44. And so I don't know what you're thinking is, but I'm kind of looking to either do business with the Eagles or Chargers, given that they're 15 or 17, or maybe even the Steelers at 20. Uh, do you want to begin with the Eagles and see what we can get from them and go from there? Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I will note for the people that haven't been on PFF, I do love how everyone's got maybe three or four positions of need that PFF has labeled and the Houston Texans have every position. <laughs> I actually just noticed that I did not um, you know what and you, you appreciate their candor that's uh, that's likely accurate every position is, is what they need so Too funny. Sam do you want to be selfish here so they want 12 so we're asking 15th overall so we're going to drop down three spots and do you want to target 51 uh, their second round pick yeah so so definitely greedy Right now, PFF has that as a 32% chance of being accepted. So right. just under one in three chance that, that the Eagles take this. Right. 
Uh, let's let's try it. What do you what do you think? Absolutely. You got you got five shots, I think, with this, right? So <sighs> wow. I mean, what do you who needs five X, shots? Not us. Is... We got the first one. So man, that's I mean, if this were to actually happen on draft night, where you have multiple players there at 12 who the Vikings could reasonably be in love with, think they're great players. And then Philly comes calling with the 15th pick as well as the free 51st pick. I mean, you got to say yes, don't you? I, I think so. Is this so three position or three? You're going three down. So this is interesting because yeah. you got the Eagles, then you've got the Texans who are going to select after, and then you've got the Ravens. Yeah. And then you're going to pick 15. And so, yeah, I like it's going to be interesting to see who the next three players that are taken are. And I know that right yep. now the Ravens have a have need at both. Uh, d-line and cornerback mm-hmm. so like in my mind i'm really curious about mcduffie if he falls that far um let's let's go with it resume the draft and i'm curious about making another trade down depending on what's available all right if we want to get greedy here we'll see uh, okay so i mean we agree the first time it works let's try it resume drafts and we've got Trent mcduffie garrett wilson and george carlaftis <laughs> so Maybe the three most intriguing players who were left were just went in succession. McDuffie, Wilson, and Carl Aftis are gone. So we're at the 15th pick now, and we've got now nine teams addressed in trading for this. Uh, the main names, Drake London, Linderbaum, Fonte Wyatt, uh, Jordan Davis is still there, Chris Olave, or Olave, not sure how to pronounce his name, so I apologize to Mr. Chris Olave. Uh, we could, Andrew Booth Jr. is certainly someone who a lot of folks have mocked to the Vikings, especially if they trade down. Um, but let's, Sam, are you interested here? And in, okay, so going from 15 to 17 apparently is an option. Uh, or even Philly is, is, is back on the phone with us and New England at 21. Uh, and do you want to try uh, the Chargers going down to 17 and seeing what we can get from them? Yeah, so I, I'm like, I don't know who you have thinking about that but like obviously we we're not we we could spend hours doing this oh, yeah. um so okay. let's 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 choose either the charges the eagles okay and from there i think we're going to make our first pick but let's okay. see how this goes yeah. so okay so let's 17 char- trading char- 15 yeah so, so chargers want to go get to 15 they want to hop in front of new orleans at 16 fine uh so let's ask for 17 and then 123 or 79 well, so right now you got both. So, so seventy nine is a seventy four percent chance, which is pretty high. Yeah, we just we just got away with highway highway robbery. It's not. I'm just joking, but like that was we got a thirty three percent chance, a thirty two percent chance for the Eagles and took it. So seventy four percent chance feels almost likely. It seventy nine feels like I don't know. I guess it's two slots. That's the thing is is, is we're just. We're just dropping two slots here. And if Andrew Booth Jr. is is the main target, then how much risk do you have of losing him here, given the needs for the Saints and the Chargers? Uh, and, and I'm not saying that you 100% need to lock on to Andrew Booth Jr., um, but I know that he is highly regarded in a lot of circles. And he yeah. fills that area of need, and he plays one of the premium positions. S- dropping from 15 to 17 and getting 79 feels like really good value to me and 79 could be a key part of the bargaining to get to 32 right. uh, when that option gets there so yeah we got we got 46 51 and 77 as already. all six that exactly. are there so 79 i i feel like you could also throw on a 
a sixth or seventh round pick from from the uh, Eagles at this point and feel pretty confident about getting it. Um, so you got 17, 79, 254. I think you could even get 236. All right. So let's let's do 1779, 236 for number oh, 15. We're gonna offer that. 72% trade. Chance. That's yeah. And that's of course fun. they they say yes. Yeah. So we just keep accumulating that draft capital, baby. You thought Spielman was gone? Haha. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right, exactly. So they actually traded up to get Jordan Davis, which is an interesting choice for the Chargers. Makes some sense. And then Malik Willis went 16th, first QB off the board, 16th. So now here we are. So Sam, are you tempted by Tyler Linderbaum? At 17 overall, would you rather go Andrew Booth Jr., the corner? I don't, I don't know I what see, your thoughts are. Yeah, see, I I like Andrew Booth Jr. I like again, I don't know a ton about him. I feel like I've I I have watched him. I think there's a lot of good things. I think there is certainly an argument that I've seen for a receiver at this point. And I think that is certainly enticing. And in some ways, it feels like you could probably trade back even further to be able to still get Andrew Booth Jr. at this point, but we're mm-hmm. also, we we're recognizing that we're not going to go forever here. So from my perspective, I was choosing, I would choose Andrew Booth Jr. But if you said to me that you wanted something, someone else. So, so Kyle's highlighting, I see him pausing. He's got Jermaine Johnson. I didn't realize Jermaine Johnson was still available. Right. So Jermaine he's, Johnson is there. He's still available. He's projected pretty far down considering where I've seen him go in other mock drafts. Like PFF has, has him at yeah. 32. A lot have put him in the top 10. Um, and then there's also Kair Elam, which again, I'm not, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing his name, who's a corner out of Florida. Uh, so what, what do you, what say you, Sam? You, you get the final say here. Let's. Okay. So I think that there's a chance we're going to get two of these guys in some ways right there's a hope yeah because if we get to 32 that's right i don't know if i don't know if um if johnson falls all the way there but but my selection would be booth jr it feels kind of i don't know if safe is the right word but that's certainly a position need and we've we've traded down twice and we still get uh, a good corner so i think that's the that's my choice all right let's do it andrew booth jr cornerback out of clemson he is our man. So we're going to get 32. So, okay. So, here. London. So, Johnson just went. So, we're going to probably maybe pause close here, eh? Because we're at 27. Well, we wanna, you're we'll waiting for 32. Yeah. Let's get at 32 here. So, we've we've seen some good players go. Uh, Kenyon Green went to, um, to uh, Kansas City. That's a good pick for them. Uh, Daxon Hill is gone. Zion Johnson's gone. Devontae Wyatt's gone. Jermaine Johnson actually went to Green Bay at 22nd. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum. It would have been nice maybe to get him at 32. He's gone to the Patriots. So there's been an awful lot of receivers go. And here we are now. We are looking for the 32nd pick is what we want out of Detroit and see who kind of who we can get. Um, is this still making sense to you, Sam? Absolutely. Yeah, let's right. let's do it. So let's we'll start with forty six, and then I wonder, uh, forty six and seventy seven seems quite easy. Uh, PFF's given it like an almost an automatic yes, and so I wonder if we say if we go forty six and seventy nine in exchange for thirty two, and with ninety seven. So how do you feel with that? So thirty two and ninety seven from Detroit, forty six and seventy nine from us. I think that's a touchy and unrealistic given. Uh, how valuable that final first round pick can be. 
Uh, so let's maybe do you want to toss on a late one? Well, so it, right now it's got 67% chance that this is accepted. So I feel like you, you offer this and, and see if they take it. And if not, you can add that. Not that, yeah, not I, that we're going to do 192 anyways, but. Right. Oh, no, so, I, just, I think in real life, they probably say no. Yeah. So let's, so offer, let's offer it here. Just you watch. Know. You're going to hit click resume draft here other than, rather than offer yeah. trade. Oh, damn. I did, didn't I? Damn. <laughs> I'm a total idiot. I clicked the wrong button. They would have accepted me. Sam even said I didn't even register what Sam was saying. Wow. The whole exercise is ruins. And they so, picked they picked Kenny Pickett at 30 at uh, 32. Wow. And so so 33 there, which is maybe well, you know what? It was it's different because we we did select Andrew Booth Jr., but um Lamb is there. Yeah, could it could have could have double dipped at uh could have double dipped at um corner. Okay, Ooh. well. We're, we're, we're in it now. So we're, we're going to, yeah, we paused it at 42 with the Indianapolis Colts. I wonder, should we even just ride it out? Go 46 and 51 and see what we do. What do you think? I think that, well, I, I, at this point I'm kind of going fantasy mode and unrealistic and saying trade 42 and trade everything after 77 to see if you can get in there. But I don't think that that's maybe realistic. Yeah. I mean, we're at 46. Uh, I think we can all take away from this exercise that, man, we're lucky I'm not the Vikings GM. I'm just one bad button press away from throwing off our entire draft strategy because uh, I'm a dingus. I'm a dingus. I pressed the wrong button and it moved too fast. Sam even said, I just didn't register. Let's resume the draft here and see what happens at 46. We'll do 46 and 51 and see how it goes. Okay, so we could do uh, Sam Howell, quarterback of North Carolina. Uh, I'm not sure I like that. Drake Jackson, edge rusher. Uh, edge rusher is a need, right? And if you see their little, they get these like little blur bright ups uh, and they give him a second round grade and they say Jackson is young and only scratching the surface what his tools could make him. He needs to go somewhere willing to spend a pick while developing him. So he's only 21 years old. And, uh, and so obviously a lot of potential. Had a really strong overall PFF grade in 2021, 82.3 overall. Uh, and the benefit of maybe going to Minnesota is that he can learn behind Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith. So that's obviously has to be less, at least somewhat appealing. Yeah, uh, it, that that description feels like it describes a lot of what the Vikings did after the third round last year or in the third round and beyond is the right. lots of potential need development, which are can be great, but you can only have so many of those guys. Right. Right. It's yeah, exactly. Right. And, and how many developmental guys can you, they already have DJ one they already have Janarius Robinson and Patrick Jones, the second Kenny Willicks, you could throw in there as well to a certain extent. Um, so then maybe, are you more inclined? Maybe do we double dip at, I mean, Brees Hall uh, running back maybe, but I always wonder people are high on Roger McCreary. It seems cornerback so we double dip at corner and get I, roger I, mccreary i think so i'm i'm all for that and certainly like we've got lots of drafts we're only talking about the first three picks here that yeah. we've been able to accumulate um i would be curious about certainly taking another corner because there's more than one corner position that needs to be filled mm-hmm. and then i'm curious about maybe taking some offense like maybe I don't, I don't know if it doesn't feel like running back is a need. Um, no, it's not. 
no so like but but maybe you look at seeing what receivers there again at 51 right right let's uh yeah okay let's double up on corner especially since i'm an idiot and <laughs> so we'll draft mccreary and see what uh the fine folks at pff think of that and then now here we're, we're back and uh you know linebacker is actually kind of a sneaky need and they have eric hendricks who's older jordan hicks who's older uh and then really not much else you've got depth guys chasserat uh troy die blake lynch but it's not a lot of youth and leo channel chanel uh is there uh so perhaps a linebacker the one name i've been intrigued by trey mcbride because tight ends a little bit thin you've got earth smith jr coming back but then after him you know he's coming off the major injury and then after him not sure uh, and then I was also wondering about Dylan Parker, who is uh, a guard, a scheme fit, uh, had a nice career, still pretty young. He kind of he kind of fits with his overall, a little bit smaller, a uh, little bit smaller overall, but good movement skills. And I like the fact that in 2021, you know, he played at right guard. And then before that, he was a right tackle. Uh, didn't allow any sacks at all last year, only allowed two QB hits. Uh, and then also graded that really well when it comes to zone blocking scheme. And so if you wanted to target the interior O-line, he would seem to be a nice option. Uh, and I, he might follow you in third. He might not. Yeah. But I don't know he if he's someone that right now is who's, who's intriguing to you, maybe. Yeah. His, well, that um, guard there, you just had up his average draft position is lower than his rank, uh, yeah. which is, which is interesting. And so, Right. Yeah, right now, some of these guys we're looking at are certainly guys that are projected to fall later, and uh, certainly there there is the potential to trade around or that. But but also, there's not it's not like you can trade around. Like the, we're certainly uh, it's not like you're going to trade at every pick. Um, exactly. And so like, you kind of need to make a selection. So linebacker sounds makes sense to me. Edge makes sense to me. Tight end, like there uh, all those pieces. I think for different reasons. I do think it would be worth spending something on a skilled position or like to have a, at a receiver or a tight end at mm-hmm. some point early in the draft, something that could actually fit in there. And I think tight end is actually probably the biggest area of need when you, if you compare that between uh, running back and, and receiver. Yep. Uh, so I've, I've made enough decisions already. This one's on you. This is the last pick. You know, I, yeah, I always lean I always lean offense, but you're right. At some point, we need to help the offense. I lean defense, I, I, but we need to help the offense. So to me, it's Trey McBride, or I'm, I'm kind of thinking about Dylan Parham. I'm going to go Parham just because in the past, we've seen like a run start on interior O-line, especially in like the second or third round, and the Vikings just being kind of left without maybe the options they were hoping for. And so I'm going to take him at 51st overall and be okay with it because we've kind of done such an okay job and got such good value kind of maneuvering the board. Uh, All right. So Dylan Parham from Memphis, he is the new guard for the Minnesota Vikings and he's going to enter, you know, a bit of a crowded competition here. So we're basically rolling through the rest of the picks and then we're going to see, so what's our grade analyzing your grade or analyzing your drafts and giving us the I'm grade guess from it's PFF. A B. I'm saying B plus, give me a B plus here. Uh, and we'll see what they think of us. Oh, damn. They gave us a, a, a D plus for the Parham selection. 
a B plus overall. So if they had known that our failed attempt on the <laughs> Lions pick at 32, this would oh, be like C minus. Oh, oh man. If they could have seen that, holy jumpins, Vikings fans, you ought to be thankful that I'm not I'm not the general manager. I'd screw it up in, in one horrible click. Yeah. So B grades on both the trades, which I think is fair. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that the the first trade wasn't a higher grade in the sense that it was yeah. uh, it did it did feel like a really good value trade. The second one yeah. Um, yeah. was there, but Booth Junior is a B plus, McCreary is a B, uh, Parham is a D plus. But I think your rationale makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, final thoughts on on the uh, the draft. I'm still kicking myself. Uh, so that's my overwhelming sense, uh, to be perfectly honest. But I, if you know, if this is how it actually happens, uh, not the screw up with the PFF thing, but if if Quasio Dofomensa actually trades the twelfth pick for the fifteenth and the fifty first, I'm thrilled. Like I'm just like totally thrilled with that. Um, you get almost a, another top fifty player. Now you have three in that top 51, to me, that is just hugely valuable, right? And we've seen second round picks in recent years, you know, come in and have massive impacts, right? You know, from alignment to uh, running backs, receivers to, you know, edge rushers, especially if they're used situationally. I I just think it makes so much sense. Uh, Didn't Chicago get Jalen Johnson in the second round a couple years ago? I'll look it up now. Um, So to me, that's like an A-plus trade. Uh, I don't know how, uh, yeah, I don't know how anyone could feel otherwise getting 12 in exchange, sending 12 in exchange for 15 and um, 15 and uh, 51. Yeah. And Jalen Johnson is a good player. Uh, went 50th a couple years ago. So I, I don't know. Like I, I think 50 and 51, you can, you can do pretty all right for yourself. And so, to me, I feel okay with this. I, I think this is mostly a success apart from myself and what I did. But yeah, I, I, what's, what? what's your sense? Is, is it a B plus draft or maybe better or worse? Yeah, I, I think it's pretty good. I'm not, I guess what I, and we're, we chose, so obviously I'm going to feel this way, but I, I don't feel like it's like, oh man, like any head scratching moves. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I, I do actually like the idea of, of doubling up on corners or like maybe not the first two picks. It does that. I think just from a perspective thing, it feels weird to take two guys at the same position with your first two picks, but I, it's an important enough position that I think it's completely justified. Um, right. Whether it's right. these guys or, or other guys, I, I trust the people that are going to make the decisions much more than I trust anything that we're going to select or even in some ways the mock draft uh, yeah. people. So overall, I feel pretty good. I'm, I, this gets me excited. I, I, I could sit here and, and do lots of different mock drafts and I just wanted to make yeah. all these trades. And I think uh, Kyle will be going on repeat, just doing this, some of these drafts to yeah. take that 32nd yeah. overall pick. Oh man. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so happy that happened. Uh, I know such it was a dingus, but that is great. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Okay. If uh, if people didn't already know, we're not perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. That's I just right. wanted to reinforce that. Um, I really did. So yeah. to re- to recap here, though, Sam, 
we've got so we went from traded 12 away and picked up 1551. We then traded 15 and got 1779 and 236. Right. So we picked up three extra picks overall. At 17, we got Andrew Booth Jr. At 46, we got Roger McCreary, both of whom are corners. And at 51, we got Dylan Parham, who's a guard and who has uh, most of his college experience playing along the right side. He obviously won't be right tackle. That's Brian O'Neill, but he enters that competition to play alongside Brian O'Neill as the right guard. That's the draft. Uh, neither Sam nor I are perfect, but we all learned that I'm more imperfect than Sam. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to wrap up our Vikings talk here. And actually that's a good transition because yep. I was realizing after, and, and thankfully last week, Christian Stoyno joined us and that was a lot of fun. And he corrected one of the mistakes that I made last week when I said that the Minnesota Timberwolves hadn't made the playoffs since 2004. And I had just misspoken that situation. I, they haven't won a playoff series since 2004. They, they made the playoffs as he correctly mentioned, 2017, 2018. Right. Um, at least I, that's, I might have made another mistake there, but I know it was around that time <laughs> that, that they did that. I believe the series was 4-1. Normally, I know I spend some time talking with the Wilds. They've been on fire. They do well. But in wrapping up, did you see what happened to the Minnesota Timberwolves last night? All I have, I haven't seen any highlights. I haven't seen anything at all. All I know is just when I've looked through Vikings Twitter, I've seen some Timberwolves stuff come up. And people aren't pleased with the effort. Is, is basically all I can say. I, I know nothing other than that. Yeah, it was blown, like wildly blown lead. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a, man, I, I, I should have had the numbers in front of me, but I think it was a 23 or 25 to two run that Memphis went on. Yeah. Uh, blew yeah. a 20 point, 26 point lead. Um, I know people just feel like this is sometimes being a Minnesota sports fan, uh, I do think that every every fan base feels like they're cursed, uh, but as I spend more and more time around Minnesota, starting to feel it a little bit more and more that uh, yeah. there may be something there. Uh, yeah. But on a high note, Minnesota Wild in the mm-hmm. playoffs confirmed first round matchup against the St. Louis Blues. So wow. we can talk about that another time. That's the first yep. playoff matchup that has been officially confirmed. Okay. They are going to be in that two three slot. Um, so there's there's some playoff hockey to come here but mm-hmm. all that to say this has been fun hopefully we're going to try to do another draft episode where things will go even better than they did this time <laughs> yeah uh, oh. and we'll hopefully we'll publish that before before our, the draft uh mm-hmm. yep. there's next thursday night right thursday night when it begins round one yep looking That's forward it. to it sounds Lots good to me fun. Awesome. Well, take care, everyone. Been a pleasure. We'll uh, we'll be back soon, and uh, enjoy your PFF mock drafts in the meantime. And uh, we will have lots of fun talking about what happens once the draft has been concluded. Thanks, everyone.